praise God, thank God for moms, huh? If it wasn't for moms, none of us would be here. Is that right? Now, is that right? Yeah, praise God. Um, well, let's see. I want to uh, thank uh, Rodney Holzer and Scott Doby for filling in for, for me when I was out on vacation. They did an excellent job, and uh, so we're just so blessed to have them, and, and uh, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful gift that they are to us and to the body of Christ, and so we're grateful for them. Um, also, don't forget the mighty men, you mighty men out there. Do we have any mighty men in here? Or are y'all wimps? Everybody a wimp? Who's uh, how many mighty? How many wimps do? No, no. How many, put your hand down. Put your hand down. You're a mighty wimp. A mighty wimp. You got a mighty wimp over there. Oh man. Anyway, I think there was a was there a mix up in a bulletin or something? And anyway, it's at, it's May the twenty second. Saturday. Saturday evening, and we're going to meet here at the church at. 5 p.m., all men are welcome, and, and wimps can come too, <laughs> and we'll make a mighty man out of you. We're going to meet here at 5 p.m., and then we're going to go to an undisclosed location. Now, it's not going to be Dick Cheney's bunker, I assure you that. How many even remembers who he is? All right, okay, well, you should. He's the vice president. But anyway, 5 o'clock. And uh, we're going to go to an undisclosed location. We're going to have a lot of fun, food, fellowship, and I'm looking forward to it. So mark that on your calendars. Um, Also, I have the honor to welcome two new members today to Summit Church. Uh, First of all, Robert Drain. Robert, where are you? Stand up and give him a big welcome. Praise God. And also, Laura Robinette. Laura, where are you? Stand up. Give her a big hand. Praise God. And so, so Laura and Robert, God bless you all. We, we welcome you into Summit Church. It's an honor and a privilege for us to, uh, to have you uh, want to be members here. And uh, we will do our very best to uh, be good pastors to you, my wife and I. And you have a church here of people that love you. And we're going to do our best to just be a blessing to you any way that, uh, that we can. And we know that uh, you'll be a blessing to the kingdom of God here. And so we're just so grateful and thankful for you. And we say welcome. Amen. God bless you. All right, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the word of God. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness and goodness toward us. We thank you for the uh, mom's and uh, just blessing of God that's upon them, your blessing on them. And we're just so grateful to be here today in, in, uh, in the United States of America, the greatest nation on earth. And we're just so grateful. Uh, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your holy word now that will go forth and will accomplish good things in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians 6 here this morning, being Mother's Day. Uh, I'm going to say some things here. I think that will bless you. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 2. Let's turn there if you would. Ephesians 6, uh, verse 2. Um, actually, quoting uh, one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. And, of course, today being Mother's Day, we put the emphasis on mother. You should honor your father, too, but 
will honor them on Father's Day. So, <laughs> so you have to wait for us to honor you all. But you know, I've always said this for years, you ought to honor your mom and dad every day. Is that right? Not just one day a year. But anyway, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, what is that promise that goes along with this? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, think about that. How many of you would like it to go well for you and you want to live a long life? Well, one of the things you can do is honor your mom and your dad. Um, You see, a lot of people think that, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, well, you know, you know, well, we just, just never know. We, we just, you know, never know when we're going to die. And did you know, if as you study the Bible, you, there, you have a part to play in how long you live upon the earth. You don't have to go out on the devil's terms. You can live a long life. The Bible says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. God wants us to live out our days. And he wants us to uh, prosper and be in health and all of that. Well, one way that you can do it is honor your mom and your dad. Honor your mother that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so as I thought about, you know, uh, mother and child relationships uh, and honoring your mom and all of that, it just seemed like what I wanted to talk about today just seemed good in my heart to talk about Jesus and his mother. Jesus and his mom. Um, I can't think of a better uh, relationship to look at on a day like this than Jesus and his mom. And so we're going to see that he honored her and and so on. We're going to look at their relationship here just for a few minutes today. And, uh, you know, he had a mom. Now, he, he had no earthly father. You understand that. He was born of a virgin, Mary was a a virgin when she had Jesus. Now, she went on, you know, she was married to Joseph, and she went on to have other children. You understand that. Jesus had several what we'd call half-brothers and sisters. But but when Mary had Jesus, she was a a, a virgin. But uh, nonetheless, they had a relationship, you know, a mother-son relationship, you see, Mary was his mother, his natural mother. Now, Joseph, we'd call him or consider him Jesus' you know, stepfather because, uh, uh, again, uh, you know, Jesus was born of a virgin. But Joseph was there, and he played a very uh, uh, important role, I believe, in Jesus' life and development as Jesus grew. And we may talk more about Joseph on Father's Day, but uh, talking today about Jesus... And his mother. Now look at Luke, the second chapter in the 21st verse. Luke, the second chapter in the 21st verse. Let's go there. And notice this here. And when eight days were completed. This was eight days after Jesus was born, you know. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child. It's talking about Jesus. His name was called Jesus and... The name was given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Uh, One thing I would tell you to do, if you haven't had a child yet, but you're uh, planning on having one or whatever, 
uh, seek the Lord as to what you should name them. Amen. Seek the Lord. Did you get what I just said? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. And uh, anyway, they named him Jesus. And then notice here, now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed. Now notice here what they did. They, this is Mary and Joseph, they brought him, notice they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, to to God the Father, you see. Now notice here, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him. See, that's something that, that a good mom will do and certainly will throw dads in there as well. Good parents bring their children to present them to the Lord. And you need to do that. Notice Jesus was eight days old. Now, he's our example. And, and this couple here, Mary and Joseph, are examples to us. And so parents need to bring, in, in my opinion, you need to start out from, from the time they're born. You need to be bringing them to church, you know, and presenting them to the Lord, um, you know, you, you, you need to, what does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Is that right? So you start, you start when they're born, and you bring them and present them to the Lord. Now, notice in verse 41, skip on down to verse 41. Says, the Bible says this, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover... And when he was 12 years old, now we last observed him at 8 days old, but notice what they're still doing here when he's 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Notice his mom and his stepfather, Joseph, they're still bringing him. Notice not sending him, but bringing him. Did, did you see that? They're bringing him to the, the place where God's name is. You understand that? I've already seen it where uh, parents would drop their children off at church and go out and have a hamburger and then pick them up when church is over. That's not a very good example, is it? We need to bring them, don't we? And he's 12 years old. You know, I read later that Jesus, you know, now this, they, they went up to Jerusalem, but leads me to believe that they went to the, in that time, to the synagogue on a weekly basis, regular basis. You know how I know that? Because as you read the, about the life of Jesus, the Bible says again and again that he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Now, where do you think he learned that? Huh? You th- you, from his parents. You, you think that he just, when he was 30 years old, when Jesus was 30 years old, that he just started then going to the, to the temple? No, it was his custom from the time he was 8 days old, 12 years old, all the way through. The, the synagogue was a part of his life, and now in our, where we live here, the church. It ought to be a part of a child's life, see, from the time they're born all the way through. Can anybody say amen? amen. Okay. Now... Notice verse 43, when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. 
Now, you know, I want to point something out here. Joseph and his mother did not know it. I don't know about you, but I right there go, "Uh uh-oh. Did you ever think about that? You know, I'm not saying that, that... Let me just put it this way. Joseph and Mary were not perfect. Now, there are some places that if I said that, particularly about Mary, I'd already be... They'd be getting the tar and the feathers up, you know. But how many of you know they weren't perfect? How many of you know there's no perfect parents? Is that right? There are no perfect parents. And the little baby said amen. (laughs) See? They're listening. They're listening. They're listening. But that was in in no way intended... They're not directing that at their parents. They're just <laughs> saying that's a true statement. That's all. But they didn't know it. Now, I realize that was a different day and, and than it is t- today and, and, and all of that. And, and there may be some reasons why you could get in there and talk to a theologian as to maybe why that all happened. But, you know, it's just it's not a really a good thing here to not know. And how long was it? it as we read on, I think it was... Uh, Well, let's read it together. When they had finished the days, they returned. The boy Jesus lingered behind. Joseph's mother didn't know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey. And so after a day, where where is he? Where is he at? Where is he at? And sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And, and, And it may be, in fairness to Joseph and Mary, it may be that they left Jesus, you know, with their relatives or whatever, acquaintance or something and they may have had an arrangement i'm not saying joseph and mary weren't good parents in any way but but they lost jesus (laughs) they lost the lord i didn't intend to say any of that but it's just the way it came out we ought to be able to have a little fun in church huh one reason why more people don't come to church is so boring and dead. <laughs> but we can have a little fun, can't we? Any, anyway, so, they, so anyway, how long, did they, how long was he gone? Or how long did they go? A day's journey, they're looking for the Lord. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, my gracious... But they found him. Now notice, now notice they're, all their teaching paid off because they, they found him in the temple. Now why it took them three days to go there, I don't know. But nonetheless, where would you find the Lord? You'd go to the temple. Is that right? They're doing a good job training, this, training the Lord. You've got to remember Jesus, he's 100% God. But he was also 100% man, human. And he grew. He, 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 you know, the Bible says he laid down his expression of deity, not his possession of it, but his expression of it. And he was just, he was a, he was a, a, a human being. But the thing of it is here is as 12 years old, he goes to the temple. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, that's a good, that's a good statement to any young person. You know, if you get lost, you go to the temple. That's where he was. That's where his heart was because his mom and dad put that into him go to the temple and he and he's there 
Okay, now notice what he's doing. He's sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Praise God. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, now notice here, she's going to chastise him. Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. I mean, she, she told Jesus, and she needed to do that. I mean, she was, she was responsible along with Joseph for raising him right. Is that right? Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. How many of you would say something like that to your child if something like this happened? You know, one thing I will say, because I know I was there in a public school system for several years I taught, and one thing I saw is that there's, there's a lack of discipline where parents refuse to discipline their children and correct their children. And, and one sign that, that, that shows for sure that you do not love your child is when you refuse to discipline them. Did you hear me? If you love them, you'll discipline them. I didn't say you, you beat them or anything like that or even yell and scream at them. I mean, sometimes you might have to raise your voice. And, there, and the Bible says that sometimes you might, have to, you might have to spank your child. But, you know, there's a, way to, there's a biblical way to do that. But nonetheless, children need to be disciplined. And, and here, Mary disciplined Jesus. You know, there were some children, there, there's some adults I've met, they're angry because their parents disciplined them. But, you know, when your parents were disciplining you, they were just showing you that they loved you, assuming that they didn't abuse you or anything like that. But there is something as known as good, godly discipline. And, uh, and so she's disciplining him. Now, notice verse 49. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. See, notice that Mary, Joseph, they didn't understand everything. They weren't perfect, but they sure did love Jesus and they did their best to, to raise him right. And notice verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and notice he was what? He was subject to them. Now think about that. Here's the one who created everything. Doesn't the Bible say that Jesus, through him, everything was made that was made, and everything was created by him and for him? Is that right? But look at this. He's subjecting himself to Mary and Joseph. Well, that's a lesson to any child. If the Lord will listen to his parents, how much more should we as children, you know, children now, listen to your parents, listen to your mom and dad? You know, when they tell you no, sometimes it's easy to get mad at them. But when they tell you no, don't go there or don't go here or don't go there, it's because they love you and they're trying to protect you from getting into trouble, you see. And so subject yourselves to your parents and listen to them. And uh, obey. the Bible says obey your parents in the Lord. And as long as your parents aren't asking you to do anything out of line with the Word of God, you need to, you need to, to listen to them and flow in line with them. Amen. And his mother, notice his mother kept all these things in her heart. She really loved Jesus. She, she really did. Now, that doesn't mean Joseph didn't. But have you ever noticed mothers are more 
prone to like if you do how many played in little league besides me little league or something and i'd do something good and it was in the newspaper and my mom would cut those out now my dad didn't do it so much but my mom did you know moms tend to be more that way they'll tend to be more keep these kinds of things in their heart i'm not saying fathers don't do that but how many has ever noticed moms are usually a little more sentimental than than, than dads and whatnot, but she kept all these things in her heart. So you, you can see that Mary and Jesus had a, a, a good relationship. Now notice here in John 2 verse 1, let's go to John 2 verse 1. Notice this. Now Jesus is approximately 30 years old at this point. We just left him last at 12 years old. Now we're going to see him at 30. John 2 verse 1, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, now you need to study that word woman out sometime. First time I read that, I thought, oh my gosh. He was, you know, could you imagine my mom asking me something? I said, woman, that's not good. But that word woman, as you study it out, it's a term of endearment and deepest respect. That's what you need to realize. It's a term of endearment and, and deepest respect in the original language. What does your uh, concern have to do with me? My hour's not yet come. And much we could say about that. But so, so you can see just when he says woman, it's not a disrespectful thing. It's a very respectful thing. And then verse 5, she says, whatever he says to you, do it. Well, now she's lived with him 30 years. And she's gained a lot of respect for him. Do you know during that 30-year period, Jesus never sinned one time? Huh? He never missed it one time. How many of you would like to raise children that never sinned one time? Huh? And uh, whatever he says to you, do it. Well, that's showing absolute respect for her son. Parents, you know should show respect for their children and respect their children. But children ought to earn that respect. Now she says, whatever he says to you, do it. But do you know what? Look at Mark 3. I want to point something out to you. In verse 20. What? Then the multitude came together again. Now this is as Jesus' ministry has proceeded on. The multitude comes together again. They could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people, now notice verse 21, when his own people, talking about Jesus, his own people, and that means his kinsfolk, his kinfolk. How many knows what kinfolk is? His relatives. And you'll see in a minute, it's talking about his mother and his brothers. Heard about this. Jesus had just, I believe, ordained the disciples or something of that nature and, and was you know, starting out in the ministry and uh, whatnot. They went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he is what? He's out of his mind. Now, how many of you parents have ever thought your children were out of their mind? Well, you're in good company, so did Mary. 
She thought Jesus was out of his mind at one point. Because he was pursuing, he was moving on out into the ministry, and you can read the context of it. I know when I uh, I had studied to become a math teacher, and I had just got my uh, degree in mathematics from the University of Missouri St. Louis, and uh, I had studied for four years, actually a little longer than that, to become a math teacher, and uh, I had just gotten a, a job teaching school, and then the Lord directed me to go into the ministry. And when I shared that with my mom, she, you're out of your mind, you're crazy. And my family, they, you know, they, you're out of your mind, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're nuts. What are you doing? You got this nice job. You worked four years to get this nice job and la-di-da-di-da and on and on. And they, it, just because they loved me, you know. But you know what? We need to obey God, don't we? And I look back all these years now and I'm just so glad that, that, that I obeyed God and went on into the ministry and um, nothing wrong with teaching school. It's a, it's a wonderful profession and we need good school teachers. But I went on into the ministry and people thought, thought I was crazy. And, you know, and they told me when you get there to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible school, you're going to not have any provision and you're going to be sitting out on the street and, you know, you're going to be flipping hamburgers at McDonald's and all of that. But, you know, none of that ever happened. Praise God. Where he guides, he provides. Is that right? But his mom, his brothers thought he was crazy. Look at verse 31 here, Mark 3:31. Then his brothers and his mother came. See, now we move on down in the story because they're, they're looking for him. And they're going to lay hold of him. They're going to take him into their custody. He's out of his mind. So then they finally show up. Notice verse 31. His brothers and his mother come. And standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him. You notice his mother's there. His mother was one of those that thought he was crazy. Now, you know, here just earlier she says, whatever he says to you, do it. Now she thinks he's crazy. How many of you, you've ever had, had like with your, your mom, you know, or your parents, you've had a, like in the morning everything was hunky-dory, but then by the afternoon you were having an argument. Is that, does that ever happen to anybody besides me? Well, you can see that, you know, at one point she says, whatever he says do you, do it. And then there's a time she thinks he's out of his mind. But we'll see at the end that that changed as we go on here. But look at this. His, verse 31, his mother, brothers come. Verse 32, and a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, Look, your mother and brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them saying, "Who?" Now this is, not, watch this. Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, there's two things I want to say here. At this point, it was probably best that Jesus didn't let his mom in to talk. Now, why is that? Because she thought at this time, she thought he was what? Right. So it probably would be best if he didn't talk to her right there. How many of you would agree with me on that? And, uh, but of course, later on, they, you know, he spends time with her, all right. But then we notice the second thing here, that as much as Jesus loved his mom, he loved his heavenly father more. And you, we need to remember that. We need to love our moms. We need to love our dads, you know. But you need to love the heavenly father more. 
Jesus said in another place, he said that, that uh, if you love anyone more than him, you're not worthy of him. You need to love your mom. You need to love your dad. You need to love your children and your kinsfolk. You need to love these folks. Don't misunderstand. But in comparison, you should love the Lord so much more. You should love the Heavenly Father so much more. And that's what Jesus was saying here is that he was saying, he wasn't saying that you shouldn't love your mom or respect your mom, but he was just trying to say here that, you know, the person that, 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 that loves the Heavenly Father, he puts more emphasis on that than he does on loving your mom or your kinfolk. And so we ought to love our moms. We ought to love our parents, but we ought to love God more. And he says, whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. So love your mom. Love, your, love her with all your heart. Honor her, cherish her with everything that's in you. But just be sure you do this. Love God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost even more. Amen? Yeah. Now, uh, let's also look at Luke eleven twenty seven, And we'll see a further... Uh, scripture on this. Look at this. Luke eleven twenty seven. Interesting statement here is made to Jesus. Luke eleven twenty seven. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which you nursed, or which, which nursed you. Now, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? I've never had anybody say that to me. It's interesting. You read the Bible, what you find. Jesus is going going along there. Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. Notice his response here now. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who what? Hear the word of God and keep it. So he didn't show any disrespect to his mom whatsoever. That's fine. Yeah, she's blessed, but blessed, even more blessed, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So love your mom, but be sure that you love God more. And uh, I tell you what, any good mom I've ever met over all these years would be blessed if their children loved God the Father more than they loved their mom. All good moms really want to see is they want to see their children serving the Lord Jesus. Every good mom I've ever run into over all these years, if you ask them about their children, what they'd want from their children is to see them born again. You know what I mean by that? That they've repented of their sins and placed their faith in the Lord Jesus and get saved. That's what every good mom wants out of their child. To see them saved. To miss hell and make heaven. And then they also want to see them serve God. They also want to see them serve God. They want to see them serve God. They want to see them come to the house of God and and not just attend the house of God, but get involved in the house of God and do something in the house of God. Any good mom I've ever talked to over all these years, those, those are the two things that at the very top, they want their children saved and they want them serving God in some capacity. Any of you moms say amen on that? Now, let's go to when Jesus is dying on the cross. John 19, 25. John 19, 25. 
We'll go on just a few minutes longer here. John 19, 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus. Now who do you suppose is going to be there? His mom. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. She was there, wasn't she? She was with him. Even though there was a time she thought he was out of his mind, they worked that out, you know, and all of that. And now here, it's at the cross. There's Mary, his mother. And his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Mary Magdalene. There's a lot of Marys there. A lot of Marys. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother. Now watch this. And the disciple whom he loved, that was John, standing by, he said to his mother, now notice what he says to his mother. Woman, and there again that term of endearment, Behold your son. And a lot of people think that Jesus was saying, Woman, you know, look at me, but that's not what he was saying. Read on. Then he said to the disciple, then he said to John, Behold your mother. Now now think about what a good son Jesus was. Think about a good son. There he is dying on the cross for all humanity. And even in that dire moment, when all the sins and sicknesses and diseases, all mankind being laid on him, and he's hanging there as that, that eternal sacrifice, redeeming all of mankind, and, and he's been beaten so badly, and, and, and the crown of thorns, and the beard been plucked, his face had been spit on, and he hangs there, suspended between heaven and earth, in that moment, in that crowd, crucify him, crucifying and all, him, and all of that, Think about that. What a good son he was. Even in that dire moment, he's thinking about the welfare of his mother. Ever think about that? Woman, behold your son. Here, there's John. There's John. Behold your son. Now he's going to take care of you. And then he says to the disciple, John, behold your mother. So he turned his mom over to John. And from that, look at verse 27, from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Somebody said, what happened to Joseph? I don't know. Probably died. Most theologians say that he he died somewhere in there. Some people argue and say that Mary and Joseph got a divorce and Jesus was a product of a broken home. I don't know. That just doesn't seem good to me. I I think he probably passed away in there somewhere. I don't know for sure. Well, why didn't Jesus turn his mom over to one of his brothers, his actual, you know, half-brothers? Well, you need to realize that they weren't believers at that time. They became believers later after he was raised from the dead. But you see, Jesus trusted his mother with a believer, with John. So what do we learn here? We see in the midnight hour, you can count on a good mom is going to be there. And a good son is going to be thinking of his mother's welfare in that midnight hour. Praise God. And then Jesus dies. He's raised from, he dies. He's raised from the dead, you know, and all of that. But notice, I'm going to just throw this in here. Go to Acts, the first chapter and the 13th verse. Because about 50 days after he was raised from the dead, you need to realize this. A lot of people don't realize this is even in the Bible. But Acts 
Remember in the upper room, does anybody know how many people were in the upper room? 120 people. This is 50 days roughly, I guess exactly, after he's raised from the dead. Notice in the upper room there, and Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait there until they're baptized with the Holy Spirit and endued with power from, from heaven. Now look at this, Acts 1.13. And when they had and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where uh, they were staying. Now notice who's in this group here. Count them up with me. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. How many is that? Eleven, because Judas Iscariot wasn't there, see. He had betrayed Jesus. He went out and hung himself and all of that. So there's those eleven apostles. And notice, and then there's other people too, but look at verse 14. It names the apostles. The Bible names the apostles. Then look at verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with with the women. And who else was in the upper room? Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers got saved too, didn't they? And you know what happened? The Holy Spirit was poured out. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, and the Spirit gave the utterance. Is that right? And that always blesses my Catholic friends when they see that Mary was in the upper room. You know, uh, I have nothing but respect for Mary, the mother of Jesus. But I'm not going to worship her. Because that's idolatry. We worship the Lord. Amen? We honor Mary. Don't talk bad about Mary. You know why I tell you not talk bad about Mary? Because you talk bad about Mary, you're going to get on the wrong side of Jesus. Huh? But Jesus would be the first one to tell you, honor her, but worship God. Is that right? And so we'll just close with some scriptures. The baby says it's time for me to quit. <laughs> so I'll just close with three. I'll just, I'll just note these, and you can look them up. But Proverbs 15 and 20. Proverbs, you don't even have to put these on the screen. Just listen. You can look them up later. Proverbs 15 and 20. A foolish man despises his mother. A foolish man despises his mother. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what she did to me. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what she did to me. Well, I do know what Jesus did to you if you're saved. He's given you a heart that can forgive. And He's poured the love of God out within you. Amen? Call her up today. Love on her. Yeah, but she won't even take my call. Well, you've done all you can. Huh? It's all you can do. You can only do what you can do. Is that right? And then just pray. Right? And then a uh, foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs 20.20. 20, Proverbs 20.20 20 says, Whoever curses his mother, and, and, and the father is in there too, but we're centering it on moms. Whoever curses his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. I don't want my lamp being put out. I want to be able to see where I'm going. How about you? How many of you know that world is dark out there? By the way, I'll just throw this in while I'm at it. You know, those terror things that have been happening. 
and and they haven't actually haven't been happening. How many is glad that they caught that guy in New York City before that bomb went off? How many is glad? Huh? But you know one thing that concerns me is when people, political people and whatnot, say, well, we got lucky. I'd like to say our prayers are working. And uh, it just concerns me that that they're saying, oh, well, the bomb didn't go off. Well, we got lucky. Well, I'd like to say our prayers are working. And I just hope that uh, they stop saying we got lucky. Did you hear what I just said? Because I don't want any of them to go off. This is a day and this is an hour to be close to God and His power. I tell you what, it's, it, it, it's a scary place out there. I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm just telling you, it's a scary place out there. It's scary out there. But I tell you what, we've got the Word of God. We've got the armory of God. We've got the name of Jesus. Praise God. We've got the angels of God. Glory to God. I was speaking to them angels with the Word of God. I was flying on that plane. You know, it was a safe flight. Glory to God. Praise God. I thought the guy right next to me, Landon, was going to throw up on me because we were a little bumpy. And I thought, what? But other than that, and then the flap came up when we were landing. The one girl, she's looking out the window right next to him as a girlfriend. The flap comes up, you know, to slow the plane down. She goes, now, thank goodness we're landing. She says, oh, my gosh, it's broken. <laughs> So I had to explain to her what. So I'm becoming an old hat at flying. When we were going, when we we're going, those of you who are visiting, I'm not a big flyer, you know. I, I like it right here in St. Louis, you know, right down here on the ground where it's safe. <laughs> There's been no deaths in the air, you know, on major airlines in the last however long. But a lot of people get killed on the ground every day. So I like it down here on the ground where it's safe. But when we're flying there, we get up to cruising altitude. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm in, in prayer. <laughs> and Diane's looking out the window. Oh, look at that. Look at that. And no, I'm, I'm praying. I don't have time to look at anything pretty. I'm praying. We get up cruising altitude and the captain comes on. And he says, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says so and so called man's name woman's name stand you're in aisle five stand out in the aisle and I'm thinking oh my god <laughs> to Diane get ready to go tackle him you know <laughs> And then he says, he says, the, you know, whatever the guy's name, Bill would like to ask, we'll use Mary, it's a good name today. Bill, Mary, or, uh, Mary, Bill wants to ask you to marry him. Yeah, of all you're on, but you, you, when you're flying at 35,000 feet, you don't, you don't come on and say, we've got a problem. You come on and say, we've got something good that's going to happen, or... But you don't come on there and say, we got a problem. Can anybody say amen? Okay. 
So we had a safe trip. Praise God, had a good time. Uh, yes, she did, actually. Otherwise, I think he'd have thrown her out of the plane. I don't know. But... Anyway, anyway, the last one here, Proverbs twenty three twenty two. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Well, praise God. Take care of them. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Praise God. Well, hope you took something good out of it and it'll be a blessing to you. Be a good mom. Be good children and everything will go good. Amen. But I tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a scary place out there. But I tell you what, I'm glad we've got the Word of God. How about you? And I'm glad we don't have to be afraid. I believe, I believe in the next weeks ahead, just a couple of weeks, we're going to say some things about fear and peace and just say some things that I think will be a blessing to you in, this, in, this, in the days we've come up on and the, the things that are going on out in the world that are scary. We don't have to be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen? And that's what Jesus said. So I think we're going to say some things about fear and peace and, and just some things that will be helpful to us as we go into these days that lay out in front of us because we don't have to be afraid. We can be victorious and, and we can have confidence and know that God will protect us. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Stand with me if you would. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. As the altar workers certainly are coming forward. I appreciate them. They're just wonderful people. Listen to me today. Now listen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Now look, I want to just tell you something. God wants to come into your life. Jesus wants to live inside of you. And He wants to be your Lord. And He wants to bless you. He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to know good days. What's the first step in that direction? Simply saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I change. And then ask Him to come into your life. Invite Him into your heart. If you'll do that, if you'll do that, you'll get what the Bible calls born again. You'll become a Christian. You'll you'll be saved. And something really good happens at that point. Jesus comes to live on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit comes to, to, to live in you. See, He comes in the person of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he, he comes to live in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the life of God will be in you. You'll have, you'll have the ability to have good days on the earth. And when difficult situations arise, the Lord will be there to help you with those difficult situations. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, I want you to do that today before you leave here. There'll be some men and women. They're standing up here in the front. Just... As we dismiss, come up, talk to them. They'll pray with you and they'll lead you into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Amen? And and, and not only will He make your life worth living, but one day you'll miss hell and make heaven, and that's a good deal. If uh, if you need healing in your body, they'll pray for you. They'll be glad to pray for you. God's still in the healing business. If you need to talk to somebody, if you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You know, I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. You know that? I'm not ashamed of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise God. That's what Mary was doing in the upper room. She'd already believed on Jesus. She'd already got saved. But she was waiting to be endued with power from on high. And she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. These people pray with you for that too. 
All right, so if you need to come as we dismiss, you can come up and they'll be glad to minister to you. Well, do something good for your mom today. Do something good for your mom today and, uh, and, and, and everything will be good, all right? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with these people today, these wonderful people that you've entrusted to us. And sir, as we go our ways today, we just trust that your grace your mercy, your hand of protection will rest upon us. Sir, for those who, who have strained relationships with their moms or moms with their children, we pray for those right now that you'd intervene and do only what you can, and that's the impossible, and make those strained relations unstrained. Sir, we also pray for those who maybe they've lost their moms. Maybe their moms have passed away or we pray for them that you put somebody else in their life that though nobody could ever take the place of mom but maybe somebody else could come and be there and 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 help fill that role and have a good relationship with them but we leave all these things in your hands to work out as only you can we thank you for your goodness and mercy in jesus name and all of god's people that agreed with that realize said Amen. Hey, this is a friendly family church. Greet three or four people. And then you're... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Praise God. I'm sorry. Oh, something nice for me, huh? Oh, no, no. For Pastor Diane.